Welcome to episode 95 of Between the Times, a podcast of Christ Church Presbyterian. We are here at our offices at 104 Broad Street, and I'm here with uh, my fellow hosts, uh, Dr. Gabriel Williams and uh, Reverend Michael Bauer. Good to be with you guys again. Good to you. And uh, we also have a special guest today, uh, Reverend Matt Tyler, the senior pastor over at First Baptist Church in Mount Pleasant. Great to have you here, Matt. Yeah, good to be with you guys. Uh, it's been a blessing to uh, get to know Matt. I think maybe we met at a 5K. Is that when we first met? Yeah, yeah. It's been a year or so back. Yeah. Yeah, a couple Run years for life, ago. race for life yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. a race for yeah. life or something. Yeah. We were running for our lives, uh, so we, uh, we met <laughs> during that. <laughs> um, but uh, been wonderful to get to know Matt, and we have uh, recognized that we have similar love for Reformed theology yeah. and Reformed preaching, and uh, we were just having lunch, and so I just sprung it on him. Hey, you want to be uh, interviewed on our podcast? <laughs> uh, we are such a professional, well-organized, and, <laughs> and planned uh, podcast, and so... Uh, we thought we would invite him to come and uh, and share with us uh, some of his thoughts about preaching uh, God's word in Second Timothy chapter four. Uh, we have uh, Paul who is in the shadow uh, of the executioner's sword, as it were, uh, writing his last uh, letter to his disciple Timothy. And uh, interestingly, he could have said a lot of things here at the end of this letter uh, and his final. We we take seriously the final words of of people that we respect, right? We, yeah. we listen closely. Uh, and here we have the Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul. What's he going to say to his disciple? Well, he's going to talk to him about preaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suspect that that probably wouldn't be uh, the subject that a lot of pastors would pass along uh, today. It would be right. something else. But mm-hmm. here it's, it's the priority of preaching, the preaching of the unadulterated, uh, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient Uh, word of the living God. And so he says, uh, I charge you, Timothy, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, Mm -hmm. be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening Uh, to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Mm -hmm. Well, we praise the Lord, uh, Matt, that the Lord has you over in uh, Mount Pleasant, not too far from where we are, and uh, and, uh, doing this and preaching God's word faithfully uh, in this way. And um, before we kind of dig into... um, uh, to the, the ministry of the word and the priorities of preaching in your own ministry. And as we get into discussion about that, uh, tell us about, about yourself, where, where you're from, and uh, tell us about your family and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, grew up in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Came to uh, Charleston shortly after college and uh, undergrad in criminal justice. And so wow. uh, went on that path of law enforcement, planning to go federal and, and that. But the Lord had different plans. And Can so, you hide that box, Michael? Yeah, you might want to hide that. Yeah, well, I was going to talk to you guys about a few things later. Uh, but uh, no, the Lord had other plans, called us into ministry. And so um, been serving in the church now for about 12 years. Uh, seminary at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, did my MDiv there, and uh, currently studying uh, D-Men and expository preaching at Southeastern Seminary. Fantastic. Yeah, so uh, so I believe in this. I'm giving, giving some effort to it right now and, uh, and, and love the topic. Um, got a beautiful wife, been married for almost 17 years now, 
two wonderful daughters, uh, 15 and 13. And uh, so we are blessed. We're in the throes of parenting teenagers, though. So as you all pray, you can yes. remember uh, the Tyler family. So, yes. uh, I've been at our church, though, for um, for four years. I was brought in to, to uh, transition alongside a pastor who'd been there for about 18 years. Wow, okay. And so I served alongside him for two. And then uh, I've been the lead pastor there for two years now. Okay. Yeah. Great. So God's been good. Fantastic. Yeah. So uh, perhaps a good place to start would be tell us about your your uh, postgraduate work and what you're focusing on within the uh, the subject of expository preaching. Yeah. So right now with um, I, I'm about a year in, and so I'm trying to identify the the project as as it were. Um, with it being a DMIN, it's a, pro- a project-based, you know, uh, doctoral studies. And so um, I'm really looking at two different areas. One is um, how expository preaching is, is important to the discipleship of the church as a whole, or the importance of a confessional heritage in expository preaching, mm-hmm. which is a bit unique in the Baptist world, you might say. Um, so I don't know if that second uh, topic is going to well, be. You know, as... we brought you in here to make you a Presbyterian. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering when you guys closed the door. I got nervous. <laughs> I got a little nervous. But, Go get uh, the torture machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where's the branding machine? <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, so um, those are two paths I, I'm, I'm looking at right great. now. Yeah, yeah man, so those both sound great. Yeah, yeah. I'm I mean, pre- preaching. I've been thinking a lot and, and writing a good bit and, and actually just recently spoke at Westminster Seminary in California on the subject of worship as discipleship. Mm, yeah, yeah. Too often, Lord's Day worship just gets sort of uh, marginalized as just another meeting in the church. Sure. Or even worse, uh, it becomes an outreach, kind of tent revival right. focus, or uh, let's push our programs focus, yeah. and uh, or it's pastor's personality plus in the pulpit right 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 rather yeah. than seeing it public worship from call to worship to the benediction everything right. in between as the main discipleship yeah. uh, mm-hmm. uh mechanism that the lord has given to us sure. that's where the means of grace are absolutely Amen. and that's absolutely. where god's uh, ministers are and yeah. uh and that's the lord's day right. so why would we want to sort of you know make that a footnote in discipleship rather than the main thrust so, right Preaching, of course, is the crown jewel of this. That's right. That's uh, right. The liturgy. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was just, um, we were watching a documentary with our staff yesterday um, on worship. And uh, one of the pieces in there, it it talks about, or it shows a a pastor interacting with his family on the Lord's Day. Mm. And uh, and he says, you know, what day is it? And and the kids respond, it's the Lord's Lord's Day, Day. you know. Mm -hmm. And... Why is it the Lord's Day? Because He was risen from the grave, right? Mm-hmm. And what do we do on the Lord's Day? We worship Him, you know, and, mm-hmm. and what better thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and to think that we get to enter into that conversation with Him on the Lord's Day, with His people, where He speaks to us and we respond to Him. Mm-hmm. And uh, He's speaking through His Word and, and perfectly as the pastor rightly handles it. Amen. And uh, I think that's one of the issues, right? is that um, we have so many folks who are going on the Lord's Day to worship the Lord, and yet they're not hearing from the Lord because His Word's not being exposed or or presented to them. Yes, T. Um, T. David Gordon in his book, Why Johnny Can't Preach. I just don't like the title of that book, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) But, uh, of course, he he takes that from a a book uh, written uh, earlier in the 20th century. Uh, why Johnny can't read, yeah, right? right. Um, but in this book, in the beginning, he 
uh, he says that a lot of preaching today, it can be, uh, and hearers of preaching, it can be uh, uh, likened to a child in Manila walking over a garbage pile in a slum looking for uh, food. Mm. Mm. And from time to time, he finds something sure. to, to give him a little nourishment. Yeah. And, that, and what does that do? It keeps him looking for more. That's right. But sadly, they just stay there in the slum mm-hmm. rather than realizing there is a steak dinner right. for you in a church where they actually take preaching seriously. Right. And it's not just a lot of the pastor's personality and stories with just a little bit of Bible thrown in, right. which is very typical today, right? Mm-hmm. But it's actually opening up the Bible and saying, not what do I want to say and how am I going to get the Bible to yeah. say it or help me to say it. Right. But what does the Bible say? Full stop. I'm going to communicate that to right. you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess from my perspective as a lay person, I spent years in that position where I was part of a Word of Faith church uh, in my really early young years. And you never realize how malnourished you are spiritually until you leave, mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And two, it's, it's kind of a sense of it's foreign to you. It's, it's, so if you, for instance, haven't eaten for a long time, and you get a real meal, it's kind of like you, you don't really know how to handle it. You kind of vomit it up a little bit. It gives you a stomach ache. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's that was kind of how it was for me in transitioning from kind of the word of faith, happy, clappy sort of thing. <laughs> That'd be the best way to say that. <laughs> to something substantive. Like, yeah. Knowing that, you know, we're coming here to meet with the Lord. He's meeting with us. And there is a word from Christ in the word presented by the minister, and it's for you. And one of the things that always struck me was the reality that, you know, I spent years just kind of thinking that preaching, which which, what happened basically after the singing was done, Mm -hmm. (laughs) effectively, Mm -hmm. rather than saying, all right, we're now continuing our worship, and part of this is the word of Christ being preached yeah. in that mm-hmm. sense. So Yeah, worship was, was the singing. That's right, yeah. right? Worship was always thought to That's be the singing. singing part. Yeah. yeah and and you really is... had church if you didn't stop singing, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. you really had church if there was no preaching and there was just singing. Yeah, all apparently the, if That's singing's true. good, yeah. Yeah. you went to start yeah. having church. Also, they say, they yeah. say, okay, tonight we're going to get together and just worship. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which means no right. preaching, no yeah, reading exactly. of the scriptures, right? <laughs> so God doesn't get to speak. That's right. Yeah, exactly. But to me, that's the... That's the uh, the picture of the malnourished person, that mm-hmm. you're expending all of yourself in a sense in thankfulness and gratitude. But if that's what you only hear or do, that means you are never really receiving in some sense from Christ, consequently. And if you think about what that means for someone 5, 10, 15 years, if that's your basic diet, then you can kind of understand all of the other, you can say, common dysfunctions of the American sure. Christian life. Yeah. <laughs> Spiritual anorexia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a real problem. And uh, interestingly, when you think about some of the, the, the megachurches, mm-hmm. you know, that are uh, just now sprinkled all throughout America, I mean, mm-hmm. literally thousands of churches that have thousands of people in them, right? And oh, yeah. if you do a general evaluation, I mean, you know, it's true that some... Some big churches are very faithful to preach mm-hmm. the whole counsel of God. Um, but as you look, sort of generally speaking, at a lot of these mega churches, uh, what they do is they, they really don't want to talk too much about sin, mm-hmm. judgment, hell, mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, the wages of sin being death. And of course, without uh, hearing that and recognizing that, there is no real celebration of the gospel, a real yes. understanding of what the gospel... How can you preach a proper gospel if you're not being saved from anything? That's right. Exactly. You know, I think it was Joel Osteen who said, uh, I saw him in an interview say, uh, I don't talk about sin and judgment. That's not my ministry. Mm. Well, then he's not a he's not a pastor. He's okay. he's really not called to the ministry at all. He's a he's a life coach. He's, the Holy Spirit is not in your ministry. It, yeah. it, it is not. Right. Yeah, the, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God, yeah. and uh, and so yeah. So it's it's so vital that we understand uh, how important it is to preach uh, the Word of God. That you know, when Paul left the Ephesian elders in Acts twenty. As he's describing his own ministry, he Mm -hmm. says, I did not shrink back from declaring Mm -hmm. to you the whole counsel of God. And of course, what does that mean? That means he's preaching the whole Old Old Testament and Mm -hmm. preaching Christ from the whole Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, and that needs to be our our focus in our churches um, to feed uh, the flock, uh, to take them out into the verdant pastures of the Word of God and to Mm -hmm. proclaim Christ from all of scripture and uh, Matt, you were telling me at lunch uh, about yeah. how you're preaching through First Samuel in yeah. your church and uh, walking with your congregation through that wonderful uh, Old Testament narrative. And um, you were talking to me about a, a recent sermon from First Samuel 22. And, yeah. Uh, why don't you just tell our listeners how how you preached Christ from from that text? Yeah. So uh, we are we're walking through First Samuel, and and it's been a, just a true blessing. I mean, to me, and and it's been encouraging too, just to hear from some of our folks who really have never sat under expository preaching before, and uh, the excitement you know that they share of man, wow, we've never feasted like this, we've never eaten this diet before, and it's it's nourishing. Um, but uh, I'm actually preparing to preach First okay. Samuel 22 this okay. this week, and so you and prepare for your sermon. I want oh, a little bit of time, you know, a little bit of prayer. Wait, yeah, on the so front end. It's, it's, it's not spontaneous. No, it doesn't just you know flow up out of the, out of the Bible. So, out of so my wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me that you can prepare a sermon over the course of hours, and it's the Spirit can be in that too. You know, it's amazing what He can do. It is amazing. You know, yeah. yeah on Tuesday in my study, I mean, yeah. the Spirit works. I don't understand. For for our listeners, there's a kind of interesting conversation that goes on amongst some of more of our charismatic friends Mm -hmm. that say that really uh, what's better is spontaneity rather than preparation. And Mm -hmm. so pastors will say things like this. Okay, And if your pastor says something like this, uh, go ahead and run from this church and join a different one. But uh, they'll say something like, you know, on my way to church this morning, the Lord gave me this yeah. word. Yeah. And uh, the first thing you should do is make sure he doesn't get paid that week because he That's did right. nothing. Yeah, yeah. And the second thing you need to do <laughs> yeah. is go find a new church. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Anyway. I've actually heard that said uh, from, a, from a gentleman. Yeah. Hey, what are you going to be preaching on? Well, I'm not really sure. I'm just looking for the Spirit to <laughs> Day of. I'm not really yeah. sure where your so, paycheck's yeah, coming yeah. from either, Pat. So uh, yeah, you, you want to head a different direction. But yeah, this week as I was preparing, I was just really encouraged. Um, and, and, you know, what's the goal here is to, to expose the point of the text, right? What's the aim of why did God write this chapter uniquely in the midst of all of 1 Samuel, in the midst of the narrative of all of Scripture, and uh, one of the things that just really stood out to me is just a, a beautiful picture of Christ. And uh, mm-hmm. here you have David who's, who's fleeing from Saul, and he's hiding out in the cave, right? And uh, in verse 2 it says, And everyone who is in distress, everyone who is in debt, and everyone who is bitter in soul, gather to him. 
And so you have this picture of, of these people who were really fleeing the oppression of Saul. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were in fear. They were bitter. They were in debt. They were yeah. dealing with uh, just a, a horrible life that they were facing. And they were led to go and find David, mm-hmm. the true and anointed king, as, mm-hmm. as we know. And then what's really interesting is that the, the last part of, of this chapter, when you look at uh, verses 20 through 23, we see um, Ahimelech's son, Ahimelech being the priest, and uh, mm-hmm. the priest at Nob had, had been killed. They'd been wiped out by Doeg, and uh, that's a whole another part of the story to talk about. But um, we have this priest who escapes, right? Abiathar. Mm-hmm. He escapes, and he makes his way to David. And what does David say to him? A man who is running, who is fleeing, who is hiding, who is worried and weary. He says, stay with me. Do not be afraid, for he who seeks my life seeks your life. With me you shall be in safe keeping. And so when you take those two thoughts in this mm. text of what is David doing? Mm. Well, David being this, this type of Christ, right? This, this picture of the Christ yet to come, the greater David who is coming. And uh, he says, man, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I will be your safekeeping. I will be your rest. Mm. And, uh, and so as we think about the scriptures, I don't need to make this say something that it doesn't. There's enough there. There's beauty in the gospel, in the text. And what we all need to hear, me included, right? I mean, we joke, but Tuesday's my, my really focused study day. Um, I, uh, I don't go into the office on Tuesday. I stay in my study at home and, and just really try to dedicate that day to, uh, to focus study. And then processing throughout the week but on that tuesday i needed to hear this i need to preach this to me when i'm weary and i'm heavy laden and i'm fearful and feel oppressed where do i run well i I run to the greater david for safekeeping in christ right and so um you know on on that sunday morning on the lord's day when we come together i just want to expose our folks to the lord I don't, they don't need to see me. Mm-hmm. If they want to hang out with Matt, they can do that. And, you know, we can hang out on Friday night and we yeah. can have fun. But on Sunday morning, you know, in the preaching time and the, and the work of the Word, we need to be exposed to Christ mm-hmm. and to the goodness of God in Christ and the power of the Spirit working through His Word. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so yeah, that's that's me this week. That's my encouragement that's to excellent. myself, and I look forward to unpacking obviously the depths of this text but that's going to be my focus and i want our folks to walk away knowing that safekeeping is found in christ so if you're a member of first baptist and you hear this you still need to go to church this yes please please Uh, we will worship in many ways (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, that's That's, good that's good i think one of the things that comes out whenever you think about preaching is we know that preaching is a means of grace but when we Think about it in terms of what is actually happening when the Word of God is opened. And mm-hmm. as you know, we've talked about this a number of times, that when you hear the Word of Christ preached and it is preached accurately, it is the Word of God to His people. And I think one of the possible reasons why people tend to perhaps downplay the role of preaching is often because they perceive preaching to essentially be either lecturing or persuading. Mm-hmm. So it's no different than if you were in a classroom in some sense in some people's head, or it's primarily just a motivational, I need to stir up your emotions so that yeah. you kind of 
go off into Monday and, you know, attack right. the week. Right. And that's kind of a picture that a lot of people have. But that's that's not what uh, Scripture itself kind of gives you when it talks about what's going on when Christ is preached. And when Christ is preached, he is present before the eyes of all those there in faith. And if you consider what it means to when you hear the expression sitting under the word, what mm-hmm. you're saying is that the voice of Christ is heard through the scriptures and the minister of the gospel is given that um, fearful in one sense and also very weighty charge of making sure that the word of Christ isn't uh, distorted in any major way, isn't uh, twisted or it isn't basically deflected off into kind of what you mentioned, personality matters. So you, you look at this text, for instance, and it's very clear that when... This is opened. You're not just reading a historical account about 5,000 years ago about, uh, you know, Israelites dealing with uh, a crazy king and Saul and <laughs> the consequences <laughs> yeah, of that. Yeah. You're seeing the history of God's people. Yeah. You're seeing how God dealt with his people. You're seeing how Christ still speaks the word of his word through Samuel and you see it how it applies because ultimately we're you know it's the same people of God mm-hmm. in this century we're, we're the same people connected together mm-hmm. and so when you see Christ himself being preached from the Old Testament one way I like to kind of think of it is like this is exactly what the apostles were doing mm-hmm. like when the apostles went to see Gentiles who never even heard of first Samuel or anything like that right. I mean how did they even, why would they even believe or care about what's being said unless Christ was actually present when his word was preached? Mm-hmm. And that was, what, that was what was being held forth in their eyes. And so from my perspective as a layperson, that's, that's what I'm perceiving, that when Scripture is opened, it's explained Christ is actually communicating his grace and he's yes. speaking clearly while the word of God is being preached. And if you have a minister who cares about such a thing and knows that's his job, that means he's not trying to necessarily persuade you in the kind of the worldly sense of mm-hmm. kind of motivate you. He's not trying to impress you in the sense that he's going to use all of his overtory powers to do it. He's simply going to say, here's the meal. Here's Christ. That is all you need, Amen. and that's all that you can have, really. Amen. It's uh, this life-giving faith comes by hearing, hearing. and hearing by, by the, the word, word of, Christ. of Christ. So faith is created and nourished in the act of preaching. Mm-hmm. Is that because of the the gifts of the minister? No, no. it's because of the Holy Spirit who is mm-hmm. using this means of grace to to strengthen the believer's communion with Christ. And yeah. we, we always make this distinction, right? There's our union with Christ, uh, whereby we are in Him, that union never uh, is never strengthened or diminished because mm-hmm. it just is. It we are is. justified in Christ. Mm-hmm. We are in union with Him. We're united to Him by grace through faith. Our communion with Christ, that goes up and down, mm-hmm. that ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. And preaching is used by God, isn't it, to strengthen that communion with Christ so that we will understand better our union with Christ, mm-hmm. identify with Him in, in a more prioritized way in our lives right. and obey him and um and so preaching we have ezekiel 37 the valley of the dry bones right. you know what is what's he, he looks down at these dry bones he walks around them they're very dry bones and he says preach to them that's right yeah. that's right it doesn't say get the duct tape out right he says, preach <laughs> yeah. to them and and that's what we've always needed this is this is not a new issue right we go back to to the garden right and and god explains to adam kind of the, the rules of operation, right? Yeah. Don't eat of the tree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's the word of the Lord. Mm-hmm. He, he gave it to Adam. Well, what happens? 
the serpent comes along and he dilutes the word. Yeah. Did God really say? Right. Mm-hmm. And Eve, what does she do? She adds to the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what Satan and Eve needed, they needed a preacher. Yeah. They needed Adam to step up and say, no, you're both crazy. The word of the Lord was this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you will surely live. Yeah. But he didn't do it. The preacher didn't step up and remind them and teach mm-hmm. them the word of the Lord. Yeah. And we're still dealing with the effects. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And so, you know, in our churches today, there is going to be a tendency, a temptation <laughs> for all of us That's to right. dilute the word. Yeah. That's right. Or to add to the word to achieve a desired res- uh, effect. Right. Yeah. yeah. But what the church needs are preachers. Yeah who will preach yeah. the word. And that's yeah. very real, isn't it? That temptation yeah. to water down the truth, to, yeah. to lessen the truth, yeah. to take the hard edge off the truth. Sure. When there are, and this is perhaps if any preachers are listening or young preachers or future preachers, when people are sitting in the pew and you have a couple there that's, you know, people perhaps are new to the church, mm-hmm. they're trying to figure things out, but maybe they've got a good amount of resources and mm-hmm. could really help the church sure. financially. Sure. Or you may have someone that's sitting there that's dealing with a, a sin issue that you know is a big deal, you know, in our day. Maybe yeah. sexual dysphoria or something Absolutely. like that. And on and on we could go, right? And so the tendency would be in sin to withhold right. the words mm-hmm. and the hard edges of the word. And, right. and try to be more spiritual than the apostles and the prophets. That's right. Uh, rather than preaching the word and entrusting that the Lord will use that word to save his elect right. for his own yeah. glory. That's right. Amen. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, this has been a wonderful uh, uh, conversation. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, Matt, glad to be here. And, uh, yeah, what a pleasure. The Lord's yeah. richest blessings on your yeah. congregation. Thank you. uh, and uh, we are we are very close neighbors right now yeah. uh, in terms of our churches. Of course, we're God willing to be moving over to uh, uh, Wando Park Boulevard soon, but uh, we hope we'll be able to carry on uh, with the sweet fellowship between our, our, our churches. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's been a blessing. Thanks for absolutely. having me, guests. Of course. Yeah. Thank you.